Hey, this is Mike from Eerie and Absurd. Our new episode will be out on Tuesday, but until then, enjoy this creepy quickie. It was early bow season in Wisconsin, and me and my buddy James had finally saved up enough money to make our dream trip up north to hunt elk for the first time. Being from Tennessee, we have had our share of whitetail hunts, but something about roughing it for three long days while stalking large bull elk was all we could think about. We stopped by a convenience store on our way out of town to get a few things for the hike in. Some trail snacks and overpriced batteries for the small handheld radios that I had failed to check before leaving home. Nonetheless, we needed to be able to communicate in case we got separated in the woods. I noticed a game warden was fueling up on coffee and chatting with a local in the store. The local guy was telling the warden how he had found another one. The old man said the body was torn to pieces and strewn across the trail same as before. He said it was up the old logging road behind the abandoned mill. Before I realized it, I had inserted myself into their conversation. A body? The old man said it was another elk. It had been ripped apart and the intestines were gone. The creature only eats the insides, the man said. That's where we're headed to hunt for the weekend, I said to the old man. The warden rolled his eyes and said it's probably the bear people have been seeing around the mill. So be careful and take some bear mace with you. He assured the old man he would look into it. I added the can of bear mace to the pile of snacks and headed back to the truck. I quickly told James about the conversation inside the store. He laughed and said, yeah, there are bears out here. They know we're from out of town and people hunt this area a lot. They're just trying to scare us. We left our truck near the edge of the dirt logging road and locked it up. There wasn't anything particularly of value inside since we were packing all of our gear in with us. When we got to the mill, we saw a lot of blood and drag marks across the trail, just like the old man had said. I couldn't believe it. He's telling the truth. There wasn't a body, though. Maybe whatever it was, it came back for the rest. James looked a little rattled as well. I guess it's good you got that bear mace after all. We may need it. We aren't the best hunters, but we know how to track game. We looked around for bear tracks to confirm a bear attack is what killed the elk. To our surprise, we didn't see any. We did, however, notice there were two sets of hoof tracks. Weird. We headed on into the woods to look for a place to set up camp. After probably an hour of hiking, we found an opening and decided it was perfect. James decided to go gather firewood while I got the tent set up and a fire pit dug. If we work together, we can have camp ready and maybe squeeze in an afternoon hunt. Take the mason radio with you, I told James. He grabbed both and his bow, just in case he spotted an elk. Before I realized it, an hour had passed and James hadn't come back with the firewood. I keyed in on the radio and asked if he was okay. I got no response. It was going to be getting dark soon, so I decided to go and look for him in case he had gotten hurt and was unable to respond. I headed out in the direction I'd last seen him. I took my bow just in case I saw that bear, since I'd given James the mace. The bow is better than nothing, I told myself. As I came over the first ridge, I noticed a wooded area about 300 feet from our camp. I figured James had probably gone there for wood. As I got to the tree line, I noticed there had been a scuffle. The ground was disturbed and the leaves were in disarray. Did something happen to James? I grabbed my radio and tried to reach him again. Nothing. Still no answer, and it was getting dark. I looked for signs of a bear attack, but there wasn't any blood or tracks. The only thing I saw was what looked like elk tracks. Maybe James jumped an elk and decided to follow it. We were both pretty competitive, and if he could one-up me by getting an elk on the first day, he would definitely try. I decided to grab an armful of firewood and head back to camp. Maybe he is out of range of the radio, and there is no sense in getting lost in the dark looking for him. I got back to camp and started a small fire. I kept trying the radio, but still no answer from James. I couldn't help but think the worst. Should I go back to town and find the warden? 
What if James comes back while I'm gone? If he is just out hunting and I come back looking for him with the warden, he'll never let me live it down. It's pretty much dark now. I would have to hike back over an hour in the dark just to get to the truck. What if I come across the bear? All of these thoughts were going through my mind as I struggled to make a decision. James is a pretty savvy woodsman. He can easily make it through the night. If I don't hear from him tonight, I'll try to make contact in the morning and then go back to town for the warden. I sit by the fire for a while. It's going to be hard to sleep tonight not knowing exactly what's going on with my lost friend. Suddenly, I hear a branch crack in front of me. I look around but don't see anything. It's pitch black tonight except for the light of the fire. It's hard to see past the flames into the vast darkness. James? Is that you? He probably knows I've been worried from the desperate radio calls and decided to sneak up on me. I hear another branch, but this time to my left. That's enough, man. Come on. Suddenly, I get a whiff of something rotten. It smelled like a rotting carcass. I've made some bad shots before, only to find my game days later after decay had set in, so I know the smell. I could also smell a strong pepper aroma. I retreated into the tent and grabbed my bow. I heard a whisper that sounded like James, but not quite. Mike. The sound of the branches and leaves cracking were getting closer to the tent. I keyed in on the radio in an attempt to reach James in case he was playing an elaborate trick on me. Before I could say a word, the radio squealed from feedback like it does when you get them too close together. Whatever it is outside the tent had the radio and is close enough that I was getting feedback. Then I saw it. The light from the fire flickered and the silhouette of what looked like an antlered elk standing ten foot tall was right outside the tent. A shotgun blast? The tent door ripped open and I saw the warden. He said he had heard my calls from my friend on the radio and decided to come make sure everything was okay. He saw the flame of my fire and the creature outside. Whatever it was retreated, but we never found James. I guess my days of hunting are done. I've never felt safe in the woods since. Mm-hmm.